and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Ribbit. No, wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Godless Ribbit. Ribbit, no, wait. Obama! <laughs> Shit. Because I won't be able to say that a whole no. lot longer. I mean, I guess as long as it's in the intro, but he's not going to be the president anymore. No, he's not. Countdown fucking 10 days. 10 days till a nuclear holocaust. <sighs> I'm going to grab a bottle of whiskey, sit on the side of the mountain, of and watch the world burn. Here now. I just. Ten, ten days. Yeah. Anyway, oh. welcome to the Godless Revolution. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> and he returns. I'm not going to play the song tonight, but I like it. <laughs> Matt's back in studio with us this week. Thank you very much for having me. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to it's a pleasure to have you join us. It's always good to be here. I like whenever you guys have me back. Yeah. yeah. You sound like Grant. <laughs> or George Linville. Yeah. Shout out to George Linville if you're listening. Hey, I fuck up names. Ryan fucked up your name while we were doing pre-show stuff, Jeff. You should uh tap him on the bald head next time you see him. I'm just gonna you're you're George. <laughs> it's like, oh, I saw the first three letters and just made an assumption. <laughs> anyway, we've got some things to talk about tonight. Matt has some stuff. I know that he has wanted to get off of his chest. What do you guys want to do first? Let's do that story about Jeff W. Bush. Jeff W. Bush? <laughs> oh, we got one about him? No. Oh. I, just I saw the first three letters and I thought, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just figured his cat's still missing and he's painting. So I don't know if we had an update on that or not. No, no updates. Well, and I blame Jeff's parents really for spelling his name weird, so. Yeah. Come on, Jeff. It's spelled with a J. It's not his fault. <laughs> Tell your parents they were wrong. <laughs> Is that a French spelling? Joff? I don't know. Joff. It's, it's it definitely ain't American. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what that is. It's the Toys R Us spelling. Uh, you want to somebody let's... out there will get that. Do Do we want to <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey the the giraffe? Yeah, the the George Raff. Yeah. Should we start out with some listener? <laughs> uh, want to start out with some listener feedback that we've been forgetting to get to? Yes. Sure. Yeah, let's do that because it's been way too long. I haven't, I've been neglecting it and I feel like a shithead because I haven't responded to this, this one in particular, because this plucked at my heartstrings a little bit. It made me feel really good. You people out there listening to the show, you people, you people, I'm sure that if you're listening, you either enjoy it or much like me listening to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Michael Medved or 
Michael Savage, do so just because you fucking hate us so much that you want to be able to hear everything we say to be used against us at a later date. We appreciate that. But occasionally we get some feedback from listeners that really, I don't know, it it, it provides some validation and makes, you know, sometimes, I mean, we, we have a not insignificant number of listeners. I think. We have more than I expected we would have. Yeah. And, well, and it's it's not even about the number. It's about the quality though. You know, you, you and this sounds like just hear me out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go through by name, you know, a, a bunch of people that respond to our show regularly and they're awesome. They're yeah. all awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They are. I mean, they're Quality people who yeah. send us in great information and great comments. Smart, and, engaged, funny, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as, as a podcaster or somebody who does things as an activist, any of that kind of stuff where you don't regularly hear from people whose lives you're affecting either just by them listening to you or if, if you're helping them in some way, you know, I, I know we all get busy. I fuck I I don't send messages all that often to people who inspire me just to say hey thanks you know it's great I love what you're doing keep doing it that kind of stuff and so when you do get messages like that mm-hmm. it just it it gave me a really big warm fuzzy and I appreciate them very much uh but we got a message from uh Mr. Taylor Grin who we've had on the show a few times and his message says I wanted to send this so you all would get it. Fuck, I'm going blind. I need to make this a little <laughs> bigger here. You need your magnifying glasses. I do. Holy fuck, that's huge. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm a little fucker. Now I can see it well. Oh, it's my grandma's computer. So, <laughs> 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 uh, Taylor's message uh, sent to us on Facebook said, I wanted to send this so you all would get it. Thanks for this week's episode. The girlfriend and I were one of those couples seriously considering moving out of the country. It's funny, I brought it up with Ryan Sunday night, not having heard the episode yet, and he was all but, fuck no, dude, stay and fight. I didn't, I didn't use a very good Wisconsin accent on that, so. I said, fuck no, dude, stay and fight. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you guys captured something good last night. It's scary, the rise of fascism, but you helped me feel like we can fight it, rather than just hope it doesn't affect me personally and wait for it to happen. Good luck with the Patreon. Let me know when it starts. I'll be happy to throw money at you and share with others. Anyway, I'll stop jacking off here and let you guys get to it. I know I'm friends with you too, but I felt like singing your praises this week. It's been really hard since Trump won, and y'all made things a little easier. Oh. I, when I, I I read that as soon as he sent it to us. I, yeah. I think I was laying in bed when I got the message, and I just... I. I felt all warm and fuzzy and thought, oh, that's so nice. I love getting feedback from our listeners. You know, you can shave that warm and fuzzy anytime. Even <laughs> even, even when it's, you know, a criticism or whatever. I, I love hearing from our listeners, but, of course, getting nice feedback makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. But And, of course, Taylor is one such yeah. uh, friend of the show that I was referring to earlier. Yeah, and I, and I am sorry that I did not send a reply to that, but it's... I don't know. I I sometimes feel weird when I get when I start feeling a little emotional. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was a very touching, heartfelt thing that you sent us, and I appreciate it very much. And sometimes I just don't know how to respond to that because I'm emotionally stunted. <laughs> I I have the same issue. Like if you give me a compliment, I might go, "Well, fuck you too," because <laughs> I don't know how to respond to it. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I don't know. I, I but, but I wanted to say thank you very much for sending yeah, that in, Taylor. It's that was greatly appreciated. And if you ever need to talk on the phone for a long night again, and we can bullshit, and I'll get you to stay here and run for office again. Yeah, he keeps. Uh, I, he's hinting that maybe he'll re- move to Utah, perhaps, possibly, maybe. And well, I thought he did say he was going to be coming through this summer and hopefully be able to make a trip up this way. and Which would be awesome. Would I, be. I, I told him the first beer's on me. Yeah. For everybody? Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm going to be there. <laughs> Are you, do you have a limit on, like, the size of the beer? No. Okay. It's as long as it's not like, I got this beer imported from... Belgium, it came on a boat, and it cost $5,000. Ryan, they're letting me drink straight from the keg tonight. <laughs> I bought the keg. <laughs> uh, but I also wanted to thank all of our new YouTube subscribers, mm-hmm. uh, the, our new people who have liked the page recently. I think we're closing in on 1,000 likes on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, People who have rated us on iTunes and Stitcher, thank you very much for doing that. Rate that the all show. greatly helps other people get to see our show and helps uh, get us out there more. So yeah, helps helps other people be able to find the show. You know, your your ratings bump up the show in searches and all of that kind of stuff for rel- related uh, shows to other things that people like and subscribe to already. So definitely, ratings help us get the word out there more. So if you haven't done so yet, please go out and rate the show. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. But yeah, I I love you all. Thank you very much for listening. It's, I guess I like you guys too. It's it's a lot of fun. I like yeah. doing this. I like hanging out with you guys and mm-hmm. just knowing that we help people occasionally is really uh, affirming and makes me feel good. Makes it seem like we're doing the right thing instead of just sitting on here screaming our heads off at people we don't like. Yeah, well, and it seems a, like you're singling somebody out with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Do you scream? I I mean no I just I just try to crack jokes to make it more lighthearted. <laughs> well, and I don't know I don't know if it affects you guys as much as me, and I I don't mean this to be denigrating to either of you in any way. We'll but, see. But you know I I'm on the board for Atheists of Utah, and I'm the regional director here in Utah for American Atheists, and so I fucking argue with people all goddamn day. Mm-hmm. I argue with people in email, phone calls occasionally. Uh, on social media, I argue with people every fucking day and I have people call me an asshole and say I'm ignorant and I'm a fucktard and, mm. you know, all of these just hurtful, awful things, but, but I like it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's something I enjoy. I like arguing, with, arg- I like arguing with people, but I don't know, just after a while it gets a little, you feel a little defeated sometimes, mm. you know, just when that's all you're hearing. And so getting messages like this. Are really awesome. Yeah, that, that does affect you more than me for sure. Yeah, yeah, I do it a lot. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I still have the luxury of just being able to check out. Yeah, and be totally gone and not deal with any of it if I want. Yeah, well, and it, you know it sucks too because, and I'm not saying this about all of our members or anything for Atheists of Utah, but generally George when you Linville. generally <laughs> when you hear from people, it's that they're contacting you to complain about something. Yeah. That they think you're not doing well enough, you're not doing often enough, or something that you should be doing and you're not. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't often hear praise for the things that you are doing. You hear complaints about the things that you're, that you're doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I think that, I mean, that's just part of human nature and sure. comes with the territory. But like I said, you just, after a little while of that happening so often, you feel a little defeated. So getting messages like this occasionally, 
are very, very helpful, and I appreciate them very, very, very much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's move on from the Love Fest. Okay. <laughs> what do we got for the Basket of Depola? The Basket of Depola's? It's a new jazz song. Yeah. Sounds like a scat song. Menomena. Oh, during our next break, I wanna I wanna play our new drops and shit for you guys. Oh yeah, and and we can see if they're better or not. There are a couple of them I'm like maybe I don't know, but but you guys will be hearing them because I'm gonna throw them in in the show when it's all done editing. So you'll have to let us know if you like them as well. Well, I have something for the basket of deplorables, but. That'll have to come after my little thing that I do. Your little thing that you do? My th- well, segment. Get yeah. up and go to the but bathroom three or four times while we're recording? That's a big thing he does. <laughs> that is a fucking big thing that <laughs> I do. I'm not talking about your penis. I'm just talking about <laughs> oh, getting up and walking around and making noise. And just and... walking around, yeah. Just random. Just <laughs> wandering <laughs> the studio. Give Ryan a shoulder massage while he's trying to think of words. Exactly, because I only know one words. Always <laughs> reminds me of Angela Merkel and George Bush every time you do it. <laughs> oh, God. That was the most <laughs> awkward thing. <laughs> At least Matt finds the door. Uh-huh. George Bush didn't. I think you mean Jeff Bush. Yeah, Jeff Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff Bush. <laughs> Jeff Bush. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the basket of deplorables. All right. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. (laughs) Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! We, frankly, unalterably oppose the practice of human sacrifice. And we even have our doubts about the system that requires it. This is Danielle Moscato, civil rights activist, trans woman, extraordinaire, and public speaker. You are listening to Godless Revolution, and I hope you enjoy the show. You can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. All right, so this week's basket of deplorable nominee is a woman from Tokerville, Utah. Yes, and this one was actually sent into us, so this wasn't one we found, which was good because I didn't do much looking at shit this week. Yeah, listener Andy Faulkner sent this into us, posted it to a posted it to our Facebook page. As always, anybody is welcome to do that. If there's stories you would like us to cover or people that you would like to throw in the ba- in the basket of deplorables or nominate for that position, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that on our Facebook page or you can send us an email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com or individually now. Yeah. Except you, for- do, you, do you even know that you have an email address now, Matt? 
Mm-hmm. Like hey, one of he your own? Like he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked me if I knew now. And based on context, <laughs> yes. Did you yes, know? I ten, did. Did yes. you know ten minutes ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, I did. Not one for the show, but yes, I had my own personal. <laughs> remind me to remind me to uh, tell you more about it after the show. Sure. Anyway, uh, Andy sent this into us. Uh, it is about a woman in Tokerville who basically locked her twelve-year-old child. In the, in, in a in bathroom, bathroom for approximately two years, as reported by local KUTV News. Approximately, at least, at a minimum, two <laughs> years, as we're about to hear in the in the video. Yeah, this this piece of shit uh, apparently birthed this child. He sprang from her womb, and the child's father and she became estranged, and she decided to just completely neglect and abuse this kid. But at the same time, lived with a, another man and two children, apparently. Uh-huh. And they all knew about it. Yeah, this is, this is really disturbing. I was, I was upset by this. And as you guys will hear in just a moment, it sounds like the reporter on scene is barely able to stop from crying. Yeah. Vis- visibly and audibly distraught. Yes. Yeah. Understandably. We're pretty confident in saying that this child was in there for a minimum of at least a year. A southern Utah woman sitting in jail tonight accused of locking her son in a bathroom and leaving him there to starve, possibly for up to two years. Police and hospital workers in Washington County say this is the most disturbing case of neglect that they have ever seen. DJ Bullerjack is live at the jail tonight. DJ, any sort of explanation to police on how this boy ended up in these conditions? Yeah, and this this young reporter, like I said, he he looks like he's going to cry, and then he'll he sounds like he wants to cry. Yeah, they have no idea at this point, Mark and Sean. I will tell you, these detectives, these men and women, have very thick skin. They see a lot of, excuse me, very serious situations all the time, but they've never seen anything like this. They see they have seen some things that they cannot unsee. And I'm warning you right now, there are some details in this story that are very difficult to listen to. In the bathroom of a Tokerville home. It would be my definition of a torture room. Detectives say a 12-year-old boy was locked up for an estimated two years. With latching mechanisms so it could be locked from the outside. And neglected by his mother, 36-year-old Brandy Janes. There was fecal matter and urine on the floor. There was open cans of food like a can of beans with a spoon in it. There was also a video camera that was capable of Wi-Fi monitoring. So they've got a Wi-Fi camera set up so that they can watch him without having to fucking interact yeah. with him at all. It's why would they even want to watch him? Make sure he hasn't escaped. Or Make sure he's not dead. dead yet. I don't know. Doesn't seem like they care if he's alive. Well, well, yeah. Who knows? It's and what would that do to it, somebody locked in a? I mean, to a to a ten year old to right. twelve year old kid who's locked in a room isolated with absolutely no interaction at I all. I mean. You have adults that were prisoners of war that were locked up, and they still have nightmares about that. And that's an adult being mm-hmm. locked up in a prison cell during Vietnam yeah, or World War II. Yeah, this poor kid is going to be fucked. This uh, is a 12-year-old that has been in there since he was 10 or 11 years old. Well, and they, they consider solitary to be an extra punishment inside of a prison. Yeah. So, And they still have good. limits on how long they can leave someone in solitary. <laughs> sure. Well, they can come out after 60 days for a day, and then they put them back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 30 years or whatever. But, and they yeah. haven't even talked about this kid's physical condition yet. 
after being in there for two yeah. years. The scene was discovered by the boy's father, who is separated from the mother. The physicians on scene described this as the worst case of child uh, malnourishment that they'd ever seen in their careers. The boy weighs in at only 30 pounds. 12 years old and he weighs 30, 30. pounds. That's got to be, there, there can't be much more than skeleton at that point. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be completely atrophied. I mean, I would bet this kid can't even walk, mm -hmm. can barely even move. He's just sat and laid on that floor for the past year or two. The weight of an average two-year-old. The neighbors are shocked by the news. Disbelief. You can't even comprehend that it even happened. John Hammer, another neighbor, knows Brandy Janes. Yeah, that's the one that's across the street, lives in that house right there. And her two other children that live at the house. All I've ever seen is the mom, the dad, and the two kids. Had no idea that there was ever a third child. The boy is now being treated at Dixie Regional Medical Center and expected to be there for weeks while he recovers. We ask ourselves as parents, as investigators, how could this ever happen? It's a child. Now, the two other children involved in this case, they are healthy from what we're being told, and they're being taken care of by other family members right now. As for Jane's, though, she is in jail and on a 20000 cash-only uh, bail. Excuse me, back to you. That's, that's incomprehensible to me. I don't understand how... I, I couldn't treat somebody who I despised that, that way. way. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a complete lack of empathy in order to do that to another human being. You have to have a complete lack of basic humanity to and, be able to treat anybody that way. I mean, did she enjoy doing it to him? Well, she clearly wasn't upset by it enough no. to stop doing it for a two-year goddamn period. And the funny thing is, is she had two other children who apparently were healthy kids. And it's according to the police report, it said that one of them was at an age where they should have known this was a bad thing. Yeah, well, and can you imagine being the father of this kid? Oh, discovering that? Yeah, who hasn't seen him for between one and two years. Yeah. And finding him in that condition. I mean, for all we know, this could have been a mother that was only holding on to this child to, I don't want to draw conclusions, but to get uh, money for having the child. Yeah, getting child support. Getting out of child the support. Maybe the father was finally like, "No, I want to see my kid. I haven't seen him. You won't let me see him. Just showed up." And the Associated Press reports that, according to Kraus, the two other children in the home said they had not spoken to their brother even through the door in six months. Police didn't say how the how old the other children were, but did say one was old enough to understand things, which is a weird. The <laughs> <laughs> local reporting, right? You gotta you gotta love that. But as a father stumbling onto that or, or, you know, being estranged from my child for that long yeah. and then finding them in that condition, I don't know what my response would have been. I think, I think probably this woman and the guy that she's been shacking up with are lucky that the police arrested them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> before mm -hmm. an average 12-year-old should be somewhere around 80 pounds, I'm guessing. 80, 90 pounds? Certainly a whole a, lot more than 30 pounds. Yeah, for a 12-year-old boy. Well, they say 30 pounds is the weight of an pounds. average two-year-old. Yeah, two-year-old. That's what he weighed. Hmm. That's, that's despicable. So, yes, Andy, I have absolutely no problem at all putting this woman squarely in the basket of deplorables. Thank you very yes. much for sending that into us. I mean, us. I think it goes beyond deplorable, but... Well, yeah. It's the only basket we have right now. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where she will have to stay. In Arkansas, a man so deeply lobotomized that he saved his dessert 
After every dinner, he had a fondness of pecan pie. When they came to the cell to take him away, Mr. Rector, as he left the cell, left his pecan pie behind saying he'd save it for later. He didn't know why they'd come. Hey, everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist. A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. We got anything happy, cheery? You got funny um, shit for us since you weren't here last week? Um, sort of. Yeah, I guess. I have Hargoss. Hargoss. <laughs> I have some of my. <laughs> I have a bubble in my throat. I don't know if that helps. But I do have some random thoughts and stuff. Uh, that I've collected throughout the year that haven't oh. made it into any of the shows. Matt's random thoughts are never happy. Sometimes well, they are. That's fairly safe bet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess they're not happy uh, thoughts, but often they're funny. Yeah, uh, he won't be able to fly in Neverland. No, no, they have to be a whole lot of fucking clapping from other people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can fly in real world land, though. <laughs> Let's see if I can find one. Okay. Um. Hmm. <laughs> here's a here's a thought okay the more like god we are the better we become then why do christians go back to work on mondays god worked for six days then rested on the seventh and he's never been back on the clock since Ooh, snap he's collecting unemployment goddamn socialist yeah <laughs> fucking asshole get back to work <laughs> join our capitalist country because he is american right yes Yes, of course. I think every American Christian would say, absolutely. I mean, I'd like to check his birth certificate. Merkin Jesus. Yeah. Full, full birth certificate. Merkin Watt Jesus. Yeah. That reminds me, I am going to put together for the Atheists of Utah Winter Gala that's coming up. Uh Uh-huh. Tracy and I generally donate stuff for the silent auction. She's going to be putting together a Death Star basket Uh full of Star Wars assorted Death Star stuff. Mm. And during our board meeting last night, I had a thought that I'm going to make an actual basket of deplorables <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like it's going to be all of the things that in my mind I view the people who are deplorables would love. So awesome. it should be fun. You better not put bacon in it. <laughs> it may be a key ingredient in there, honestly. What? But everybody loves bacon. So. True. Coors Light and Spam. It's going to be fun. I figure. A pack of Marlboro cigarettes. I figure there will be moonshine, <laughs> maybe some Southern Comfort, Red Solo oh. Cups, mm. Politics for Dummies. It's going to be fun. Nice. I, I typed out a little list of things that just occurred to me the other night, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> what else you got? As you may know, I've recently uh, been in the market for a new car. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunate yeah. bit that. Yeah. I think our listeners know that you got in a car accidente. I think so. Uh, Jeep has some interesting options. 
Yeah? They got a Jeep Wrangler and a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. Ooh. Um, but we couldn't agree on the numbers because the Unlimited includes an extra bench seat and two additional doors. So three things equals infinity to Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That still seems pretty limited. <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? I mean, I want 12 people in my car. Right. But they're limiting me to like, what, five? That's, a, that's yeah. enough to carry your apostles around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a Jesus Jeep. <laughs> so you're looking at Jeeps? No, I don't know. I just... No. <laughs> <laughs> More, more of a joke thing, really. Yeah. You said happy. I actually wasn't. I was going to skip that one tonight, but that was good. Okay, do them all, man. Do them all right now. I got like three pages. Well, maybe not all of them. Then. <laughs> a good portion, a healthy portion. Okay, give us a mat serving. Conservative Christians have a love affair with assuming that Jesus and the founding fathers all held the same opinions they do. Never mind that Jesus was a socialist Jew who knew nothing of guns, trucks, or even Christianity. And that America was founded by slaveholders who wanted to be free. <laughs> so even if they did all believe in old buddy Christ, they were at best hypocristians. The end. <laughs> <laughs> hypocristians, I like that. I have okay. never thought of it that way. That, yeah, we are founded on... Yes. By slaveholders that wanted to be free from their slaves, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their masters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh. When humans consider their privileged place in the world, perhaps it would serve us well to remember that evolution is the exception, extinction is the rule. It's true. It is. What true. is it? 99% of all yes. species to have ever to have ever existed. the worth. Yeah. Uh, Rome to have ever, the worth. To have ever Rome to the worth <laughs> are now extinct. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hey, anti-choicers. Are you always pro-life? You never put salt on snails, magnifying glasses on ants. You've never gone after the big breeding buck or wild turkeys. What about elk, bison, wild hogs? In fact, you are the demographic most likely to be a hunter. How do you justify that? Deer aren't human. Neither are cells. Interestingly, at funerals, theists always trot out the perfunctory, they're in a better place and God really needed them back. But when it comes to abortion, they completely abandon all that pretense and begin acting as if this is the only life we have and violently protect it that way. They should kill, I'll bet they kill spiders too. Sure. You talked about magnifying glasses on ants and I thought for sure you're going to talk about spiders because fuck those creepy things. <laughs> I, I got a... I got a, to kill those. I got a funny semi-cute spider story. Oh yeah, yeah. What's your funny semi-cute spider story? So when I was when I was back in Wisconsin back in September, chilling with my nephew, uh, I we found I found a spider out in the grass, and I was trying to make it so he wasn't afraid of the daddy long leg. I'm like, there's nothing to be afraid of a daddy long leg. So I was holding yeah. it in my hand, letting it crawl around. And he got all comfortable with it, and we put it back down. We're watching it. We're chasing it. Then all of a sudden, he just fucking lifts his leg up as high as he can and smashes it. And he's like, <laughs> I got it. And I'm like, yep, you, you sure did. After we were just Good saying job, how, buddy. <laughs> how nice this daddy long leg is and how cool he is. And he kills all the insects we don't like. And now he just squashed them. Now he is no more. <laughs> it was something like cute because he was just following it and all happy to see it. And then he just... Squashes <laughs> and it. now you go bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I am I I have a touch of arachnophobia, just a tiny bit. Like if they catch me unaware and oh yeah, and like I just stumble onto a spider that's very close to me, I might let out a bit of a shriek. What if it was a midget spider? 
It would be more than it would be more than a shriek. Yeah, I have some weird things going on. Okay, I'm trying to get over them. I, I, I did beat the shit out of my garbage can this summer when I opened the lid, and there was the biggest fucking black widow I'd ever seen sitting aside there. Yeah. What does your garbage can do wrong? Well, the Black Widow did everything wrong. <laughs> I had to kill the fucking Black Widow in there. They fucking... up my garbage can and almost beat the shit out of it. <laughs> black Widows are poisonous. Yeah, I don't want that guy around my house. Yeah, we've we've no, we've seen a couple Black Widows around the house. I took a picture of one last year and posted it online. Hmm. But yeah, there it was probably six months or so ago. I went to crawl into bed and I pulled the covers back and went to swing my leg up onto the bed and this fucking Big spider. Oh, that's that's a big spider, right? Yeah. All of our listeners, yeah, they that agree. Is, that's that's like bigger than a silver dollar. Yeah, uh, no, he he's doing like a spider that would maybe barely fit inside of a paper towel roll. Yeah. I don't think there are any spiders in Utah that big. Oh, yeah. Well, so when I say it was this big, I'm including like, like legs. this is its legs splayed out, right? Oh, okay. And Tracy does the same thing you do, I think, where I'm like, fucking spider was this big. And she's like, that's as big as its body. I'm like, no, that's its body and legs and everything. And she's like, well, yeah, of course, then every spider is going to be yeah, huge. Right. Do it that yeah. way. And I'm like, well, yeah. how, I, how do I present a measurement of just its body? Yeah, but see, like, yeah, but you don't want to do it like that because then it looks very unimpressive. And a 300 pound man jumping out of bed because <laughs> of it is suddenly sort of girly. <laughs> of course, you can't tell that story. Well, sure. So, but it went crawling along the side of the bed. It was the size of a Viking ship. <laughs> and I let out a little bit of a scream and jumped back and picked up my slipper and tried to smash it on the side of the bed and it fucking disappeared. And I spent probably 10 minutes with my phone and the flashlight part of my phone crawling around on the carpet trying to find this fucking spider tweaking and twitching every time I felt a little anything anywhere because I thought for sure it was the fucking spider crawling on me. Well, that would have that would have never been one found of the ones it. you statistically eat every year then. Maybe. If you would have just kept crawling around on you at night. I wonder, I wonder if that's accurate. I don't know. It's that's, not. It's Something way too many. All the time. It's yeah. not. I've looked it up. There has to have been a guy that ate like 100,000 spiders, and he just throws the statistic way off. So the average <laughs> for everybody? Yeah. He, he's the guy that fucks up the bell curve on the test. <laughs> Some poor fucker with sleep apnea who lives in the Congo. <laughs> just, just swallowing spiders all night long. He just sleeps on a but we, pile of rotting lumber. We do have tarantulas in Utah. Uh-huh. I've seen them. Yep. Mm, okay. Out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of me the first time I saw one. And I've only seen one on the, that one time. I was like, did I just fucking see what I think I saw? <laughs> and I had to go home, get on the internet. I'm like, sure shit. I saw what I fucking thought I saw. Mm-hmm. They're not really venomous, though. No, but they're big. Yeah, they're big and hairy, but... And it's not something I didn't expect to see, because at the time, I didn't realize that we had tarantulas in the desert out here. They're beefy too. Like yeah, they're they're weighty. They're 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 mm-hmm. they'd, they'd be a good appetizer. No, no, <laughs> fuck that. I no. really, I really taste good actually. <laughs> you have to put them right in the fire though to get all the hairs off. Yeah. Then then you deep fry it because everything deep fried is fucking delicious. Yeah, after you singe all the hairs because deep fried those... spider. I've heard I heard I've heard people say spiders don't taste that bad. Do people all over the world eat insects yeah. all the time? Yeah. Of the insects, well, go sure. for spiders. Oh God. <laughs> no, I know what I'm going to go find online. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy will do this thing where she will send me pictures of little people every now and then. <laughs> Just fuck with me, like that midget on the stripper pole. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. She'll try to find what what she thinks will creep me out the most, and will send me a picture of it. 
and it works more often than not. And I'm trying to make it not work. So <laughs> I kind of like little people. Yeah. Do you think they're going to give you candy or? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't really care. I just. It's. It's sort of like yeah. Come over here. You're interesting. Yeah. They. I'm sure it's. It's something. I don't know. I've. I've never known a little person my entire life, and I. And for whatever reason, I've had recurring nightmares. Of it's so bizarre, man. It is. I mean, I, it I, is. I, it's fucking bizarre. And of I feel I feel like a terrible person. We're talking about them as like if this. they're not oh, normal humans. Shit. Right. Yeah. But I mean. But I feel like a terrible person for feeling this way, and so I'm doing what I can to get over it because huh. there's only three left. I feel like an asshole. Uh, Newport Jerky Company edible dehydrated zebra tarantula hmm. on Amazon. Don't fucking order that shit for me. I'd probably try. It. Here's salted I will, cans. I will drive to your house and beat you to death with the can. <laughs> well, we got we got we got salted canned. You should beat up his garbage can. That seems to work. Uh, earth. Oh my fuck. Earthworm jerky. Hmm. Mm, nope. Not interested. Canned edible smoked rattlesnake. Nope. When you type in, oh, that might be all right. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real A Theology, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. The evidence that it's a racist penalty is overwhelming. All the figures confirm that it is applied in the most abruptly differential way, as between black and white people of America, and that it is indeed in large parts of the country a legacy of the time when sharp reminders were needed as to who was running the show. But it could equally well be argued that's an objection to racism, not to capital punishment. It could be argued what we need then, therefore, is not a punishment that is inflicted in a racist way. After all, it can even be said, this is a racist society or a society in recovery from racism. Other penalties, too, are applied differentially. Very well. It could be argued, let's have a non-racist application of the human sacrifice principle. Let me just say that equal opportunity human sacrifice would not meet any of the objections we have to human sacrifice on this side of the house. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. I've had trend. I mean, a uh, rattlesnake. I've before. had a rattlesnake before. Yeah. yeah, I was I was trying to survive in the woods. It didn't go very well. <laughs> True story. Just like as a hobby, as a test, like as like we watched. You didn't get Survivor. lost, and we're we're, li- no, we're relying on your we survival did, skills. We did it on purpose, and it was fucking stupid. <laughs> I probably should have died. It sounds stupid. I think we've all done shit when we were younger that we're surprised that we still have all of our limbs and appendages. Yeah. We had a we had a buddy drop us off in the woods and with we had like zero supplies with us and we told him to come pick us up in five days. Yeah, that's kinda dumb. Yeah, it was. Um <laughs> day three we went we went for help. <laughs> Um, <laughs> was this was this in the Wisconsin? Woods? No, this was up here in the mountains in Utah in June. Not thinking it was going to be snowing and freezing rain at night, and we're having to fight off hypothermia to stay alive oh while trying to start a fire, just shaking all night long for two nights. And like, dude, we are freezing. We're gonna and die if we stay up here. So ironically, we we started hiking back out to the road. Uh-huh. Uh, and we found a camera uh-huh. on the uh, uh, on one of the paths that we got back onto, and it was a uh, a wildlife camera. Like a DNR, natural resources guys with yeah. their cameras. Yeah. We picked it up and had a number. I'm like, well, we'll get it back to him. Yeah. The fucker was looking for it. He's, and he drove by in his truck and we waved him down. He's like, 
We're like, hey, man, is this your camera? The fuck are you dipshits doing well, out here? That, that comes second. <laughs> so I said, is this your camera? Did you lose this? And I hand it to him, and he fucking takes off. Then I see him hit the brakes, and he comes back and goes, are you guys all right? We're like, no, <laughs> we're not all right. <laughs> were you guys like yelling and screaming for him to come back? Or we're stop like, or we're, we're more like, are you fucking serious, dude? Well, Wait, so he so he just snatched up his camera, didn't even say shit, just it, like rolled up his window and fucking took off? Yeah, but but he came back. He reversed back to us and he's like, are you guys okay? Typical, like, typical DNR. Right? We're like, no. <laughs> Can you get us to a payphone or to shelter? <laughs> so he drove us down the road to a to a the rest stop area that had a payphone at it, and we called and got something to come pick us up. <laughs> Can I just say something too? I was thinking about this the other day. What the fuck happened to all the payphones? Um, like, I mean, I I understand why they aren't making anymore. It got so expensive. But where did they go? I never saw anyone taking them out. <laughs> They're just gone. And I specifically watched this phone at Seven Eleven for four fucking days straight. I get up to go pee, and then it's gone. gone. And then it just yeah, just disappeared. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they were they were they ever there to begin with. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's weird, right? They're just, I mean, of course it makes sense they don't have them, but we need to call when Mulder did they and get Scully. Rid of them all? That's weird. It's like, it's like birds. You don't see dead birds yeah. very often. Well, no. Sure. Dude, you see dead birds yeah, all I do. the time. Uh, yeah, that's not true. For as many live, for as many live birds as you see around? Yeah, they get eaten pretty quick. Yeah. Mm. Owls, hawks. What, what is your point though? Oh, just that they disappear. Oh, my buddy took oh. out a fucking like, owl. Clearly, a few they've got to die sometime, right? But then they just disappear. Hmm. Yeah, it would have been funny to watch us all at the fire station. The guy hit an owl with his truck, and it was stuck in his grill. Oh god! He hit it with his face? No, his truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the owl was stuck between the grill and the radiator. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and we're all going out there. We're like, dude. Dude, it's fuck it's unconscious, man. It's gonna it's gonna fucking wake up. As soon as you touch it, it's gonna fucking wake up. <laughs> this literally the 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 talons on this thing, his hand the, oh, the yeah. was with the size of my hand. It was a huge fucking owl. Like when we pulled it out, we're like, holy he had to have a good four or five foot wingspan on that guy. Mm-hmm. Like a big barn owl. I've heard owls are not nearly as wise as people think <laughs> no, they are. This fucker no. drove flew right into his truck. Hey, that thing's moving really fast toward me. Well, that's what he said. He said he was coming up. Usually all the crows, like, fly out of the way. Yeah. And he said he, all of a sudden he just saw the thing look towards him and smack. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I'll scare this truck away. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good owl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing think, all week. I think they hoot traditionally. Hoot. <laughs> oh, no, that's the restaurant. Oh, they, oh fuck. They, yeah. Okay. They go. <laughs> can't do it. What well, <laughs> no, do they do? What do they do, Dan? You guys should have seen his face. <laughs> he was they... all ready to go. What do they do? And then he just stopped. What now, do they do? Now I'm not going to be able to do it because if I try, I'm just going to keep laughing. No, what, you already did they... it. Remember, they go ka 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 the owl. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Ooh. No, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> See, I used to, my grandfather used to teach me it's how to closer make closer than caw. <laughs> do bird calls for turkey hunting and stuff. Uh-huh. And the, what you would say to make the owl one was who cooks for you. But you'd have the thing you're you're blowing into. Uh-huh. You'd say who cooks for you. 
to what do you blow into it's this like a like a duck decoy type thing but it's one for owls it's like an owl call it's like an owl call it makes the owl noise Hmm. and turkeys react to it Hmm. Why do turkeys react to it? I don't know what the I don't know if it was to, if it gets is them it out a turkey of the call or an owl call. <laughs> no, it's an owl. It's a call that makes owl noises, but turkeys react to it. Huh, that's really weird. Well, turkeys are supposed to be really stupid too. Yeah, turkeys, turkeys are actually really fucking smart. Those uh, little fucking assholes. Maybe to Wisconsinites. It's my, <laughs> I don't think to anybody else. It's my understanding, and it could be wrong because maybe <laughs> it's just something people say. But well, I I hear that they can drown in the rain because they fucking look up and just drown. But they live in trees. Turkeys? No. Oh, yeah. Yes, they do. Turkeys roost in trees. Oh, they roost, yeah. <laughs> they they live in trees, swing from branch to branch. Well, no. They can't fly. At night, they're up in trees. They fly up in the trees. They hang they out They fight trees. with gibbons for the best feed. space in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show has turned into a shit show. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Hey, you wanted something happy. I feel better. Now, I think I know why the conservatives, who always know when and when not to oppose big government, the reason they behave like this, I conclude, is that their attachment to this fetish is deep-rooted in a way they didn't quite succeed in justifying to us. It means something to them in the preservation of their authority, and it gives me an additional reason for wishing to see them stripped of it. Should we get into some angry news? Sure. About what? I don't know. We probably got something angry we can talk about. Should we, always should we talk about the death penalty? Let's 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 go there. What do you what are, what are your guys' thoughts on the death penalty? I I don't know if we've ever talked about it before. I on think the show, we talked we? about it maybe once. once. Because I don't, I don't see any good reason for it. It's to me, it's vengeance, and it's I'll teach you a lesson, and that's that's it. I, I, it I is, but I also think that putting someone in solitary confinement for the rest of their life is also a form of cruel and unusual. I agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of those are humane. So then it comes to the dilemma. What do you do with a person who really can't be integrated back into society? Put them in prison. Like, but what kind of prison? There's there's multiple levels of prison. Like, you got prisons where you don't get to go out of your cell at all, where you're just in there and you get to go do your one hour a yard a day. You get to hang out with other people. You get to be integrated. I I think... I think the government's job is to come up with the most humane rules they can and you let the you let the prison work out the schedule and the regiment. You don't give the prison uh, officials 100% control over well, punishment and deci- deciding how they're going to teach somebody a lesson when they really no, have that, no idea that, what's going on. That falls into the other problem we have mm-hmm. is the for-profit prisons. Against it. Well, that's what majority of our country has and that's yeah. that's something that's has become unavoidable at this point because it's grown so big. Yeah, I'm not for it. So, and I'm not either. I think it's I think it's a barbaric practice that really is only used and meted out to to satisfy bloodlust of people. Mm-hmm. The who, eye for an eye thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and for some people, it's not even necessarily an eye for an eye. I I have been talking discussing this with people on Facebook for the past couple of days. The thing that inspired wanting to talk about this tonight was that Dylan Roof, who wandered into a black church in Charleston, South Carolina in June of 2015 yeah. and shot and killed, shit, how many people was it? Five? It was most of the people. I thought you only left one person alive. Uh, I feel bad that I can't remember. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like a church service. It was like a prayer group. No. So he killed nine people including the senior pastor and state senator Clementa C. Pinckney. But 
he apparently did this. His motive, his stated motive for doing so was that he wanted to incite a race war. Yeah. He is a racist little douchebag who wandered into a black church specifically to kill black people in an effort to start a race war because he's mentally unhealthy. And his flag of choice was the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he's a, is, so he went with a, he went he with a, a historical racist insignia, symbol. And historical piece of, yeah, it's fucking racist, guys. Yeah. But he was recently sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he acted as his own lawyer. Mm-hmm. And often they do. Like we said, I said earlier before, you know, we record everything. It appeared that the, the, this was his ultimate goal was to get the death sentence. Well, it's, I don't know that it was his ultimate goal. I think he, after he was apprehended and in representing himself in court, I think he actually even said in court that he wanted to be put to death. Yeah. Um, but he made sure he, he hit all the criteria of stuff that warrants the death sentence in most states, which is, you know, you're, you're legally sane. You show zero remorse for what you did. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, he has pretty strong motive to die sooner rather than later. Yeah, he said he's 21. Yeah, he's either going to rot in a cell or he's going to be put to death before then. And he's typically not a person who's going to go to jail and die right away at you know getting beat because he's not a rapist or molester. He's a murderer, and they're, they don't mind those people in jail. Mm. Well, Serial killers, maybe it's a little different. I mean, not, not always. I, it, it depends. But, yeah, typically they do better than pedos for sure. Yeah. What bothers me is that the United States is supposed to be this forward-thinking, advanced, <laughs> free society who condemns the inhumane acts of other countries and their peoples. It's not much of any of those yeah, things. Yeah, keyword supposed to. <laughs> and, yet, and yet we are the only Western country left in the world who executes offenders. Mexico does With it? great regularity. No. Oh, Okay, no. that's. I assume Mexico would still have. Nope, Mexico know, does not have the death penalty. No, Canada doesn't. Of Canada course, does me, not no. have the death penalty. I, I believe that there are only three or four first world countries who still have the death penalty. Is capital punishment Australia? In place. Uh, no, no, Australia does not. Well, and first world could be a little bit. Because if you're talking about some of the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia and stuff like that, they're first world in terms of revenue, <laughs> but yeah. not in terms of their ways. culture and practice. Yeah. Or they're, just the way their citizens live as a majority. Yeah. So I actually looked this up uh, last night and posted it, but there are four countries considered to be industrialized uh, nations who still execute criminals. That's the United States, Japan, Singapore, and Taiwan. Hmm. And hmm. beyond that, no. Interesting. And I, I talked to Tracy last night. I'm like, well, is China considered a first world country? Technically, they are not. They are a second world country. Okay. And they carry out the highest number of executions by far. They're, well, yeah. yeah. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll be a first world country by March and will be a second world country by March. <laughs> Uh, After the Trump apocalypse, well, yeah, Trump Trump praised Singapore in using the death sentence on uh, killing people with drug charges. But mm. the the defenses that I have heard from people for the death penalty, at least in this case, are that you know there are some people who are just beyond rehabilitation, beyond remorse, yeah. beyond mm. redemption, 
and they should be killed. Okay. So how do you decide and why? Yeah, what is what is the bar we're setting? And killing them accomplishes what? What does it do? Mm-hmm. And the thing, the replies that I got to that were that they are not a burden on society, that we don't have to worry about them escaping from prison, that they can't continue their criminal enterprise in while they're in prison. How the fuck? And inspiring people or or getting followers while they are in prison. So that strikes me as a strange sympathy for other prisoners suddenly. Well, <laughs> if well, other prisoners and people outside the prison system whom they may be directing in their actions. Then Manson okay, should have a whole army out there by now. People were using Manson as as the case study in this that he still inspires people. But how many people have killed in the name of Manson since? I don't know. None that I know of off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody that's ever claimed they've killed in the name of Manson since and whether he were alive or dead, there's still his, the history of Manson and his murderers and his cult yeah, followers yeah, yeah. out there. Yeah, whether yeah. he's alive or not, there is still that information out and available pe- for people to stumble onto and be inspired by. And we know what it's like, <coughs> Jesus, to make somebody a martyr and how long their fucking followers will cling to it. Somebody made a comment saying nothing. No, I was going to go with Hitler. <laughs> <Just> move right <laughs> on. No, sorry. I was, <laughs> no, you're good. I was, you're good. I was oh. in my own head, but that that is a great point. Uh, Jesus got the death penalty, and for two thousand years we haven't been able to forget it. <laughs> wow. If you want somebody to not have a legacy, you let them slowly die and wither away in prison. But Jesus killed himself. Yeah, I guess that could be well, taken that way. Yeah, he knew what was going to happen. Impregnated somebody with himself to sacrifice himself, himself to yeah. himself. So he killed himself. In order I mean, to satisfy himself. He allowed himself to be killed, I think is probably more accurate. But well, yeah, but he knew it was going to happen before the impregnation. So I was like, okay, but if I do this, I know I'm going to get killed in a horrific way. If I don't do this, I get to have fun up here in heaven. Yeah, that all depends on your view of the triune God <laughs> yeah. and all of that. And who- but still, I think, I think a large, I mean, I think well, maybe not a large, at least some amount of this argument comes down to Again, free will and determinism. Well, yeah. So, like I said, the the arguments that I heard were the ones that I just listed. Fear of him escaping prison. That one can be shot down by the fact, by knowing the fact that whether he is sentenced to death or not, he is still going to spend the next several years, if not decades. In a maximum security prison. In prison awaiting execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you you know that sure if if he is in prison yeah. for the next forty or fifty or even sixty seventy years versus the next ten to twenty or however many thirty those yeah. extra years do carry an extra potential of him escaping Possibly, somehow but and continuing. Either way, you have the risk. The risk is present either way. Yeah, the risk is present in either and, scenario. So that 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 argument doesn't really carry a lot really. of weight with me. No. Nope. Um, and I think a death row inmate is the least likely to escape from prison. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're yep, constantly they watched. They're they're and, confined and, to a cell by themselves. But still, that means that they're on death row, which means that they've been sentenced to die. No, but instead of just living there, instead of having the the death part of that row, have for life row. And also, <laughs> <laughs> you're here for life on this row. <laughs> and also on the burden to society. Uh, people on death row cost taxpayers way more than people who aren't because there's the, the constant appeal appeals. Yeah. 
the constant appeals and all of the extra care and attention that is shown to them to keep them alive until we kill them. Until we make sure we can kill them. Yeah. So the burden, the burden on society is not a, or that's not, that's not a valid argument either. Yeah. They're a, a bigger, a of, yeah, they're a bigger burden when they're put on death row. Yeah. That was the one defense of the death penalty that I, uh, didn't include in the list that I just mentioned is that there were several people who said that, you know, it's, it's more expensive to house them for the rest of their lives, to take care of them, to provide, nope. you know, meals and clothing and guards and a place to stay and education and whatever else for them versus killing them. But that is also untrue. Yep. It costs much, much more to sentence them to death and put them on death row and go through all of the appeals process, the mandatory appeals process, by yep. the way. Whether he wants the appeals to happen or not, there is a mandatory appeals mm-hmm. process that takes place for good reason. For good reason. Yeah. And, and you know, if you want, if you want a good case of somebody who didn't want to have any of the appeals happen but still had to go look at the uh go look at the the case of Eileen Warnos. Yeah. And you can see her in court every time. I don't fucking want to do this. Kill me already. Just get it over with. Kill me, but they have to go through with it. Right. She didn't want any of it. Right. But she had to go through it. So now well, you're talking about lawyers and doctors getting in, getting involved. Who's going to jack up money faster than lawyers and doctors? Right. When you're talking about death row. Yeah, and and to say – and a lot of people made the case or tried to make the case that, you know, he chose to do this. He's a sick and twisted individual who chose to go into a church and kill all of these people. Okay, you can say that and it can be argued that that's the case. But Total red herring. anybody who does choose to do that clearly has something wrong with them, yeah. right? They have a mental health issue that led them to do that, whether it is through genetics, whether it's because they were influenced by something else, whether it's neglect or or that they were abused themselves. I mean, there's something that happened in this person's life to make their thoughts that twisted. Also, as as if there's something magical out there that once a certain person chooses a certain thing, then it's totally okay to kill them for it. As if that makes right. it okay all of a sudden. Oh, well, he chose to do that, so we get to kill him, right? We can kill him, right? Why? <laughs> why, why? I don't, how did you get from A to B? Yeah, how do, how, how, <laughs> why does their choice make that all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, why is it now, now all of a sudden we're talking about the death penalty here? Why? Yeah, why is their choice to do it the deciding factor? Well, he took that? their lives, so we should take his. Again. Well, why? Acor- what does it accomplish? According to what I see here, uh, the average time a person spends on death row is 15 years. 25% of people on death row die of natural causes awaiting execution. Mm-hmm. And the longest a person spent on death row was 33 years. And the oldest person ever on death row was 94 years old and he died of natural causes. Hmm. The, the other part that comes into play in this is that the states and the federal government are having a very difficult time obtaining the cocktail of drugs necessary to... Yeah execute somebody which is another thing i have an issue with the p- specific cocktails they use but we well we can just make that. them yeah. ride the lightning not yeah. many not many states have that anymore no. no i think it's probably texas since they're about a little behind <laughs> texas and china <laughs> i mean they're a little well never mind i was gonna say they're more behind than utah but utah still has execution firing squad right which is more humane than both lethal injection and electric chair as long yeah. as the guy hits the target yeah i, th- I would say almost even without well, I mean, they're supposed to shoot you in the heart. 
Yeah, if they miss the heart slightly, I'd still rather take a bullet to the chest than a fucking electric chair. Well, I'm not even going with like dismissing the, the heart slightly, but the, the guy lethal injection. Yeah, the guy's yeah. like, oh, I don't want to have to be the one to shoot him, so he just kind of aims somewhere else. I believe in Utah, you can also be executed by hanging. I don't you? think so. No, I thought hanging was outlawed everywhere. I think. Hanging has been outlawed for a while in the U.S. at least. Yeah, I'll have to double check that. I thought I thought for some reason that it was still legal in Utah. I could be. I could be. It sounds like I probably am totally wrong. Um, but I think that I think that's. Hmm. I was going to say I think that one was cruel and unusual, but maybe not. Hmm. I mean, to me, uh, I don't know why hanging would be in and electric chair or lethal injection aren't. But yeah, but I mean, m- murdering somebody. Because they murdered somebody else, just has to, never made to any sense. Show that murdering to me is wrong. Yeah. yeah, it it has never made any sense to me at all. I I can remember even when I was a little kid, there there were a couple things about death and people killing other people that have never made any sense to me. It has never made any sense to me back when I was a little kid and somewhat a believer of God and Jesus and all of that stuff. That the Bible says, "Thou shalt not kill," and yet we have all of these people who go off to war and kill people and then are considered heroes. That never made any mm-hmm. sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it has never made any sense to me that we would sentence people to die and call that just because the Bible doesn't say don't, you know, thou shalt not kill unless that person has right. murdered yeah. five people. Yeah. yeah. In okay. fact, it's not even entirely clear that it means thou shalt not kill humans. It right, just it says just says thou shalt not kill. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, big game So hunters. we have to uh, make one correction there. It is still legal to uh, be executed by hanging in Washington and New Hampshire. Oh, really? But not Utah. But not Utah. Wow. Two typically fairly liberal states. Hmm. Although New Hampshire, I'm not sure anymore. That's interesting. But yeah, the, the only responses that I saw... Really, or the the majority of them were all in satisfying bloodlust. Yep. But here's another. Even even people who said, you know, typically I would agree and and disagree that we should have capital punishment at all, but fuck this guy in particular. Right. And it's just to satisfy their vengeance and bloodlust. Mm-hmm. I I understand some Christians wanting to do it because in their mind they're sending this person on their way to hell. To be tortured for that all eternity doesn't, That sooner. makes even less sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I, when you're looking at it from a vengeance standpoint, eye for an eye, you're going to go to hell and I'm going to send but you there sooner. But it's not eye for an eye. How often do we hear that when they argue with us? Right. Jesus changed that rule. It's all about peace and love and mercy until they're in pow- a position of power. And then all of a sudden, no, it is the vengeful, nasty asshole God that comes roaring back. Just like in this case. Why would you want to make... Why would you hasten anybody's term in hell? Why well, would you do that? If you honestly really believe hell exists and someone could spend an eternity there as as a decent human being and and especially as the Christians you claim to be and based on all the values you claim to hold, wouldn't you cling as tightly as you could to keeping them on earth? Well, to prolonging this the life here before they have to no, go to that miserable because place. Especially all of the purported. Wouldn't you do that? The purportedly well, one pro-life of, people. That's well, humane. One of the people that was in the court that was a family member of, of the one that was uh, in the church that got killed apparently said, and I'm probably misquoting it here, 
It was something along the lines of now you get to uh to meet your maker. Now you're going to meet your maker. Now you're going to meet your maker. Your maker gets to deal with you now or something like that. Or, oh, it was, quote, your creator, he's coming for you. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that right there, I mean, that's like, they're like, oh, you're going to die now and you're going to be punished yep. in the worst place to be punished, which is hell. Yeah. Turn the other cheek, that goes out the window. Yeah, again, yeah. we're 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 in this. Here's how humans behave when they have or have a perceived position of power. Yeah, no mercy, no negotiation, pure vengeance, wrath. You're gonna feel it now. Now you're gonna feel the wrath of my God, who's on my side. My team's gonna win. Yeah, that's that's all. It comes down to tribalism every time. Well, can they can they explain to me how? Anybody who who is a normal human being would choose to mass murder people. Like there has to be something wrong with you, right? There yeah, has yeah. to be something yeah. wrong with you. I, I would think so. To choose to do that, to want to do that, and e- even though, even though there's something wrong with this person, there's something fundamentally wrong with them that led them to where they are today. These people are like, no, fuck it, I don't care. That's, Fucking kill him. That's what I'm saying. No mercy, no negotiation. But yeah. there's. People that are clinically like insane that don't think what they did was bad and people that do it knowing, oh, no, I know what I do is a horrible thing, but I still wanted to do it, which is it doesn't make it any more normal. No, but but I mean, that's where you kind of go. Well, yeah, there might be something wrong with you on liking to kill someone. But well, that was the other thing I was going to say when when there were a couple a couple things about. You know, death and murder and people killing other people that never made sense to me. One was going to war. The other was. Fucking now I just lost it again. Never mind. It'll come to me again. I was trying not to I need to write it down. Well yeah. <laughs> well, so even back to what you were saying, you know, somebody who would choose to kill a whole bunch of people, something's wrong with them. Even if it's even if it's not somebody who would choose to do it, even if someone who's compelled to do it under determinism, something's still wrong with them. I just I remembered when you said choose to kill and mm-hmm. So it's it's the whole insanity defense right. that people try to get off from killing somebody be, by reasons of insanity. Yeah. yeah. And that's never made sense to me because it's in always, order to want yeah. to kill somebody and to do it, you have to have some sort of mental health well, issue. You are insane, right? You, there's mm, Well, I would go in, with in a case like this, yes. It, it, you know, when it's like, you know, you have these situations where you, there's been this long history and this massive you know, trouble with, you know, a married couple or whatever, and guy comes home from work and catches his wife in bed with this one. Well, then they claim temporary insanity. Sure. Okay. In attempting to express society's disapproval via the state in this way, you'd have to, I think, add very largely to the number of capital offenses, horrific rapes, for example, that don't actually take life. And you'd have to very substantially lower the age at which the state could send someone to the chair or the gas chamber or the guillotine. Now, of course, in the societies of Western and uh, Southern Europe, where this penalty was until recently enforced, all, all those things did happen all the time. They did execute children, they did execute the insane, they did execute people preemptively, and they vastly increased the number of offenses for which someone could be executed. And it was the very confrontation with that diminishing return, with the complete non sequitur of capital punishment as an answer to murder, with the disconnection between the problem of depravity and murder and the supposed solution that all these societies disencumbered themselves. 
Germany doesn't do it. Hungary doesn't do it. Even, even the, the British, for whom it attained something like the status of a national fetish, finally were able to break themselves of the habit. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Well, I've, I've, I've heard this said by some friends of mine that were actually did a lot of actual combat, mm-hmm. like firing guns every day and having to defend themselves, mm-hmm. saying that there were guys that did it because it was what we had to do to, you know, you had to do it to survive. Mm-hmm. You had to do it to be able to make it through and go home. And there were guys that did it because they fucking liked it. Yeah. They liked killing people. I'm mm. sure there's a there's and a number of those people serving in our armed forces. There are. There's a and on our police forces. Yeah. Quite a few and that's where you get some of those cases like the the case where the guy was the uh the whistleblower and he's in jail now for blowing the whistle on it because he did what he had to do to so his own uh his own sergeant didn't kill him because they're like we're going to like we have drop guns, we have munitions, we have stuff so we can go kill an Iraqi. We'll put the stuff on him when you're clear and they're making him do it. Saying if you don't kill him, we'll make sure that on the next mission you don't fucking come back alive. Well, and beyond the people who, I'm, I'm certainly not all people who serve in our military or on the police force are like that, but there there are a certain number of them in both fields who do that. There there are the number of people who jump for joy and are so excited at the thought and the possibility of being one of the people on the firing squad. Yeah. To shoot at a person here in here in Utah when they are put to death, because they you, have a lottery because they have so many people. Because you legally get and to murder to someone, yeah, it's legal murder. As it happens, I there, have a thought about this. You do, yeah. and it goes all the way back to early this year. One of my sticky notes that never made it into a show. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, so. Forcing a Christian clerk to issue same-sex marriage licenses violates their deeply held religious beliefs, and government should not dictate those kinds of things. How many Christians are executioners for the state? Isn't thou shalt not kill a deeply held belief for you? Texas executes more than any other state, and I'm pretty sure there are also Christians there. Any of them ever flipped the electric chair switch? Pulled the trigger in a firing squad? Injected that lethal dose? So it is about discrimination. or. Maybe murder doesn't matter, and you'd be happy to let the abortion thing go. What is the justification they use for that to themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, is it that they're defending other people? The, well, well, it's, the, it's the, more. The, hip- the thing is, too, is when they do an execution, it's blind. I'm going to make sure that this person can't kill again. The the person who actually I'm a is hero. the one who yeah does the injection, shoots the bullet, you know, whatever. They don't know if they're the one who did it or if one of the other people were. Yeah, the one I realize that, but it, but it's it. It's ul- still them wanting to do it, though. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, it doesn't matter. It, it if if Christians really believed the stuff they try to get us to believe about their religion, all the fancy stuff, all the the kind and nice lacy stuff, all the things that make my religion wonderful. Right. If they really believed that stuff, I mean, this is the reason why we're not buying into it, right? Because we see the way they fucking behave. And it's nothing like the bullshit they're trying to sell us. And if if they really acted in a way that was like what they're trying to sell us, there wouldn't be a firing squad. There wouldn't be a lethal. They wouldn't have to hide it. So, oh, no one knows what they, they I guarantee if you took away the anonymity, nobody would care. 
They would no, do they, it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They wouldn't fucking care. Yeah. So that's a formality. The fact is, they're trying to tell us that it's peace, love, and mercy, but they're acting like it's blood, vengeance, and murder, which is exactly what the Bible is. Yeah. And we try to call them out on that, and they hate us for it because we don't buy their bullshit. We see the forest for the, through the trees. So Yeah, well, one that brings me to the last point I really wanted to talk about on, on the subject is that why would we as atheists care about this and think that it's a good thing to let to get other Our show people is back to religion <laughs> to get other people to realize that the death penalty is a bad thing and as atheists we know that evolution is a thing yes right we understand it's well most theory. atheists most when i when i say all atheists blah 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 understand i'm saying most okay i know that there are some really Really stupid atheists out there who just don't believe in a god for whatever reason. I would just call them dense. But, but there's you know, some stupid ones. Atheists, by and large, accept the reality that we are here through a process of evolution, and part of that evolution should be an evolution of thought. I mean, otherwise, mm-hmm. why the fuck are we doing any of this? Mm-hmm. Why why are we participating in any enterprise at all if right. we're not trying to improve? Not just our health and general well-being, but the way in which we think about things and the world around us. Improve society and get rid of archaic And so why why wouldn't we want to throw off any and all barbaric trappings of animalistic instincts and reactions to things Mm -hmm. that are emotionally ingrained in us? I understand the the desire the want the need to exact vengeance on somebody right you hurt me i'm going to hurt you back it's an animalistic instinct yeah, it's a base desire but at the base but we should be better than that yeah but you the per- yes. that person gains nothing from it in reality they're not fulfilling they're not going to fill a void by taking that vengeance it's chest thumping yeah nothing nothing cha- the only thing that changes when you kill that person is that that person is now dead it doesn't fix anything they've done in the past ah. it doesn't fix anything going forward it's not a deterrent. It is bloodlust. It is yeah. satisfying your base animalistic urges yep. to hurt something. It's if, control over another person. And if it was a deterrent, it, it wouldn't yeah. fucking happen. It's not a deterrent. No, you know, it isn't. Because yeah. if, no, if, it, if it was a deterrent, we wouldn't see people fucking killing other people. Yeah. How are there still people to kill? <laughs> how, how, how does <laughs> well, China still <laughs> execute more people than any? How, does yeah. it, how is there anybody? If it was a deterrent, every, one person would die. You know, like what Cain or whoever, right after Adam, and everyone would go, "Oh shit, that's for real." Okay, nothing else. We're yeah. good. We're good over here, and nobody would ever do it again. It's not a deterrent, which also lends credence to the fact that there is a psychological, emotional problem going on with somebody who doesn't take that as a deterrent. And but, for the Christian people, I'm sorry, Ryan, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off, but for for the Christian believers or or People of any religious faith out any, there, any hypocrites who, yeah. who do believe that capital punishment is a good thing, why would you do that if you're simultaneously holding on to the notion that there is an afterlife and the person, right? You know, if if you're a family member of a person who was murdered and you want to exact revenge on this person who killed them by sending them to hell, why aren't you instead celebrating the fact that your loved one is now sitting in a mansion? Kicking back with Jesus. Right. Well, so it's, Uncle Rob was it's, an it's, asshole. It's actually threefold for Christians to not want the death penalty, right? One is that. One is, okay, well, I'm going to be inter- eternally with the people I love. 
So you shouldn't really be worrying about anything. Two. Yeah, any temporal thing is is nothing. It's right. fleeting. It's if you really believe it. Inconsequential. Which they fucking don't because they don't behave like they believe it an ounce. Yeah. The second thing is the hell issue, right? So if you know that person's going to hell for sending you to eternal bliss with your mate or whatever, who fucking cares? And And three. Aren't you still a little bit upset about the capital punishment 2,000 years ago? <laughs> Aren't, doesn't that still kind of bother you a little bit? You're sure it does. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's the whole and thing you've based your religion on. I think people just don't want to admit that we're still animals. They're just hypocrites, man. They're, they're pretending to be Christians, but there's, they're, not, they're not trying to do any of it. They're just saying, yep, I was raised with it, and I believe the the people I grew up with more than I believe any of you fuckers. So they're right. You're not. But I'm still going to do everything I want because I don't care. Humans are just going to be humans. I do I do wonder yeah. if it would be more of a deterrent to tell someone, well, if you murder someone and you get you know the harshest punishment, you're going to sit in a 10 by 10 with no human interaction for the rest of your life. Nope. I don't think it would be a People deterrent. still do it. No, but it's not It's not a quick way out like death is. I okay, mean, they, they know there are going to be consequences. They well, yeah, know prisons yeah, they, yeah. exist. They, you, can't, you cannot make up a bigger deterrent than hell. It's already maxed out. Yeah, but- It's, it's totally maxed out. There's no way to go bigger than that. If and you believe in a hell. people still do- Plenty of Christians do wrong things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plenty of Christians murder people. Yeah. More Christians than atheists murder people. More Muslims than atheists murder people. And but, they all believe in the maxed out hell. But don't forget that so, Christian doesn't think he's going to hell. Because all he's got to do is uh, repent at the no, end I, and he's going to heaven. I know. But it's still not, it's still not a deterrent. But no. if they honestly believe that, then why the fuck would they care about anything anybody does as long as they repent right before they die? Because they don't well, think about it. It's, it's it's the golden key. It's right back to it's, themselves. That's what it is. It's I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for talking to me about that guy. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been arguing with people for the past couple of days. But they've been, you know, what has been encouraging about it, though, is that I'd say 90% of my interactions with people about this topic in particular have all been productive. Yeah, productive. They they've all been amicable, very good conversations about. They it. haven't been going, "Well, you're just a dummy." It hasn't it hasn't <laughs> resorted into, "Well, fuck you, you fucking asshole. You're just fucking stupid." Yeah. So, that's good. I like that there's been good discourse about this mm -hmm. on in my discussions with people about it. All right, well, what what, what do we have next? I am Jim Helton, Regional Director for American Atheists and President of the Tri-State Freethinkers, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. The next rant will start right after this. Now, the state may order you to risk your life. It may order you to fight. It may even, many states have, order you to kill. But it may not order you to die. And we are so fascinated by states that will order death that we realize the moral and historical sewer of ancestor worship and hierarchy from which this disgusting apparatus has come. And in saying we reject it and repudiate it, we reject also the beastly system of big government opportunistically deployed, which it represents. Thank you. So I think the last thing, well, one of the last things, maybe yeah. second to last thing tonight. Yeah. Matt has a longish thing that he's prepared. Mm-hmm. Prepared. Or what matters. Prep you preparation H'd it. It is I a did. it is a what matters 
We have not had one of these for quite some time, it's sir. It's true. It's true. It's been months. So and I'm excited. This one apparently is long. It is longish, okay. but I think it's necessary. All right. <clears throat> yes, sir. Selfish, lazy, idealistic, naive, and entitled. I hear it over and over and over again about millennials. It comes with the implication that the accusers aren't those things. They must be selfless hard workers who are wise and humble. Some of it's coming from Gen Xers, but by far most of it comes from the boomers. Those born between 1946 and 1964. I've gotten so tired of it that I decided to see what the boomers have been getting up to for the last half century. And if they really are as great as they think they are. Uh oh. Of course, millennials aren't perfect, but when it comes to fault finding from a high horse, nobody does it quite like the boomers. An entire generation without mirrors, only telescopes. You like finger pointing so much? Then you won't mind if I do a little of my own. Dear baby boomers, specifically the conservative ones, a much larger percentage of the population than we might like to think, this is a sarcastic thank you letter. I had to explain it's sarcastic because, as I'll outline here, there's a real possibility that you're far too self-centered and narcissistic to pick up on it. And you may well think <laughs> this is meant in genuine, sincere praise as you become so accustomed to giving yourselves. Let's start in the 1930s, a time when your parents, the greatest generation and the silent generation, were living through real sacrifice, scraping by in the Great Depression with another World War looming. They had low wages but elected politicians who raised taxes to help pay their bills, and they dug themselves out. They helped win the improbable war over an ever-expanding Hitler army and came home to a stronger job market and a rising economy. They worked hard to keep that old, dare I say sacred, oath that we should give our children a better country than we inherited. And they did. You boomers broke this oath and were the first generation to give your kids a worse country than you got. Admittedly, this would be a large task for you, but unfortunately, it should be a trivial thing for millennials to do better than you, as long as you aren't also voting, that is. But we boomers need to vote because millennials are idiots, says the generation that made a millionaire out of the inventor of pet rocks. <laughs> they bought them. You didn't follow your parents' lead. You didn't think about the future. You voted consistently against paying your bills by giving yourselves tax cuts. So you could take advantage of the economy your parents built, but not pay into it. The ultimate have your cake and eat it too thinking. You came into the workforce at a time when high school diploma got you a decent paying entry level job where you could reasonably expect to move up, get raises, have stability and loyalty from a company and a retirement. Now millennials have to compete with a master's degree for an entry level job worth $12 an hour and crippling amounts of debt. Thus, they end up working two or three jobs to not quite make ends meet. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a boomer complain about millennials, I could almost buy a house, even in the economy you ruined. <laughs> the millennials have demonstrated that they are willing to pay a much higher percentage of their wages than you to help shoulder the baby boom burden, even higher than you're willing to pay for yourselves. They were excited about a new candidate that would keep Social Security alive. But, as if it was some sort of Krampus-style Christmas gift, you fought tooth and nail to deny your children's request for the president of their choice, for their first positive ex political experience, 
and for the first taste of that, my vote actually does matter feeling. And instead, you voted for your own personal benefit yet again. You did it even knowing it would be to the detriment of those who will live to deal with the consequences by giving us Trump. Your parents fought to eliminate the swastika, and you put one in the White House. Oh, snap. Never mind the fact that you won't be getting anything from this presidency either. The point is that you thought you would, and nothing else mattered. So congratulations, you did it. We had a real chance to try and turn things around, to try and begin repairing the damage your selfish voting has caused. You had a real chance to join, to accept a tiny shred of responsibility, to make it right by giving your kids and grandkids a glimpse of the hopeful America you so richly benefited from. Your answer? Fuck you, not my problem. When, millennial, when millennials get bored, yes, they play Pokemon Go. When you get bored, you ruin economies and vote for Brexit. <laughs> I realize you're, no, you're under no real obligation to give your children the president they want. But as part of the largest voting bloc in U.S. history, you do have an ethical duty to do what is best for the whole. But I wouldn't expect you to be so magnanimous. Your voting record demonstrates your interests, yourselves. Let's not forget that your short-sighted, self-indulgent voting has given us a conservative majority, possibly supermajority Supreme Court, for the millennials' lifetime, not just yours. So fuck you very much. I should give you some credit here for agreeing with at least some younger adults about Trump. You certainly have a lot in common with the nickelback affliction and axe body spray crowd. <laughs> you went nickelback. <laughs> you went full nickelback. You should never go full nickelback. <laughs> but why Trump? Yes, he was the nominee. He wasn't your first choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mostly I hear that he's not Hillary. Why the seething hatred for Clinton? She's a boomer after all. Well, sort of. She represents a sort of treasonous betrayal of a boomer. Not because of the emails or Benghazi, but because she accepts others. She describes an America that isn't exclusively for boomers, and you simply can't have that. Meanwhile, Trump in many ways epitomizes boomer othering thinking and even openly bragged about not paying taxes when it could easily have been afforded. But he just used existing laws, you say. Maybe so, but avoiding an ethical responsibility simply because you can, and there isn't a penalty in place for preventing it, is an incredibly selfish way to behave, and that attitude has ruined our economy. The housing bubble, Citizens United, Reaganomics, the wage gap, voting against increasing the minimum wage, and the recession, those are the results of your policies and your voting record. You spent a lifetime fearing the Russians in the Cold War, then elected the only candidate with ties to Putin's Russia. Confounding. Unless your intended message to America's youth is that the only thing better than an experienced, qualified, intelligent woman is literally any man. Mm. You boomers are the generation that severed wisdom from age, but demand automatic, unearned respect for both. That's entitlement. And perhaps millennials are disrespectful. But then maybe you shouldn't expect them to act like racism, homophobia, and social inequality are acceptable. The millennials need instant gratification. Hmm. Where might they have learned that? Maybe they learned it by watching you. <laughs> I learned it by watching you, okay? <laughs> exactly. I never asked for a trophy. <laughs> you were given the equivalent of a Thanksgiving dinner. And your parents expected that you take some and pass along what you didn't need. But you gobbled it up. 
You went for seconds. You stripped it to bare bones, and now you're skipping out on the bill. Oh, but not before you get a full serving of Social Security pie for dessert. But we've paid into Social Security our whole lives. We deserve it in full, you say. Well, not quite. You haven't paid nearly enough in Social Security or in attention. Why do you think there's so much talk about how to continue funding Social Security? On average, every working boomer couple entering Social Security will receive $200,000 more in benefits than you've paid in. And there are tons of you. You could have paid an extra $38 per paycheck during your working lives, which have been pretty easy during the economy you lived in, just to break even. Nope, you wanted to keep it. That's where the deficit is coming from. So now your lazy, entitled kids are left paying for your fees, not theirs. And you seem perfectly happy to let them go hungry. So thank you, boomers. You've wiped out private and public retirement, lowered wages, increased debt, and expense. You've all but demolished hope and incentive. And on top of that, you call them lazy. You call them entitled. Stop it. Perhaps you're tired of hearing me. I brought so much negativity. So little respect for my elders. Well, when you behave like spoiled brats, you don't get that. This needs to be said. Besides, I haven't even gotten into the excesses and incredible waste of your generation, so buckle up. You've ignored warnings about over-consuming fossil fuels. You knew they were limited, yet no conservative boomer I know has ever intentionally bought a car that gets better than 17 miles a gallon. You've moved from simply eschewing the threats of global climate change to outright denying it in what I can only assume is your way of coping with your terrible decision-making and desire to continue living how you want, rather than prudently. What about getting the largest generation on board with the effort to recycle? Yeah, you ignored that too. Deforestation for cash crops? Fine by you. Conserving the limited stores of drinkable groundwater? Nah, not really your thing. You wanted swimming pools and green lawns. What about the value and quality of education during your voting years? What about the nuclear infrastructure planning and foundation begun by your parents? Ignored, scrapped, and destroyed. You want status quo, so long as you get yours. I see a theme here. You got Leave It to Beaver and Mayberry. You destroyed it. You continue to try to get it back by voting. But you don't understand because you never built it in the first place. Newsflash, your parents didn't do it by voting proto-fascist conservatives into office. Those were the policies of FDR. I don't expect you to take any blame or even help fix your mistakes. I know you too well for that. But don't shit on the people who are trying to fix it. I'll take a line you're fond of using. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You complain about millennials being unhappy with your choice of president. Let's look at the boomer leadership since taking over Congress in 2000. Yet again, the boomers are a bust. Politics is about compromise. It's give and take, sharing, things boomers don't exactly excel at. In fact, you've turned this around completely. Now we have an ever-widening political divide in which your spoiled attitudes have taken over, and it's seen as a sort of a virtue to be wholly uncompromising, a kind of stomp-your-feet tantrum politics, wherein you get 100% of your way or you shut down the government. No negotiation, no discussion, no mercy, my way or the highway politics. Framed in that way, I think most people would agree it's nasty, childish, selfish behavior. But you've rebranded it. Now it's sticking to your principles. It's not wishy-washy, flip-floppity, liberal politics. It's resolute and strong. 
In this way, you feel perfectly content to force your political will on everyone else because, well, you know what's good for us. You're the elders. The boomers have also effectively severed age from maturity. I feel for millennials. The economy and the future of the economy look grim. But they haven't lost all hope. They're smart. They're willing to sacrifice. Think about the tiny house movement, smaller cars or bicycles, recycling, renewable foods. They're genuine. And they're far less violent than previous generations. I wrote this opinion partly because I'm tired of the boomers bashing, badmouthing, and hypocrisy. But it's grown increasingly important to voice positivity for the youth who are hearing incessantly about how they aren't worth it. Fucking stop it. You're just being bullies. But fear not, boomers. I don't think you did this all intentionally. I subscribe to Hanlon, Hanlon's Razor. Never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. <laughs> now, it's still your fault, of course, just maybe not all by design. I asked a Trump-supporting boomer on Social Security why she'd vote for conservatives who vow to cut entitlement, which includes Social Security. Her answer perfectly sums up their attitude. Yes, but not for people who are already on it. If people between birth and 18 years can't be informed enough to vote, I say the same applies to out-of-touch elders. Average lifespan in the U.S. is 78 years. Subtract 18 and, uh, that they use for the kids, and nobody over 60 is allowed to vote anymore. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if this bleak look into boomer history wasn't a real wake-up call for you, at the very least, take it as an admonishment to discontinue your degradation of my kids. And for fuck's sake, they're your kids too. You want respect? Earn it. You don't browbeat your way to it. Maybe you'll dismiss all of this because it's too hard for you to hear. Fine. But remember, the millennials are the kids, and you're supposed to be the grown-ups. But since you can't seem to figure out the whole being an adult thing, I've stepped in. Here's a grown-up tip. If you can't be nice to children, shut your fucking mouths. Here, here. Thank you. I dug every fucking bit of that. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. It's been said it's capricious. That's true. And there is one, of course, absolutely morally unanswerable case that's been made against it of a pragmatic kind, which is that an innocent person executed is an unbearable thing to think about. That the irrevocability of it means that justice can never be done, whereas with all other forms of punishment, even if they've been applied by a racist system that never sentences the rich, nonetheless can be corrected. And of course, less often noticed that if you have executed the innocent, you have by definition liberated the guilty. I mean, it's a double offense, in other words, against all possible norms. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So I looked up some numbers while you're doing that really quick. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that the largest debt a person usually has nowadays is a home? I would say college. Student loans. Yeah. Okay. I've never went to college, so I don't know anything about that. During the boomers generation, sure, home was probably the largest. Yeah, when it debt. cost sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah. We're gonna I I looked up some numbers. So in nineteen fifty, so I was thinking about this because my my grandfather, when I went and did a little interview with them and, and talked to them for a while. And, Hashtag not all boomers. 
<laughs> no, no, my grandfather's not a boomer. My grandfather's born 1929. <laughs> no, but I I did start that out by saying conservative boomers. Yeah. And and you know, I didn't even I didn't I well, that was already four and a half pages. I didn't even con- I didn't even include any of the stuff about how they didn't start the social the civil rights movement even though that happened when they were alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they, I'm they they weren't even involved in that really either. I'm just taking on But anything a... they would have done, I just want to say, anything they would have done for civil rights, they've completely reversed with their choice of politics over the last 50 years. So yeah. fuck them anyway. Yeah. I'm I'm just going with median numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. on this. So my grandfather told me that when he built his first ho- when he built his home, the home he still lives in right now, he only had to take out a six thousand dollar loan to buy the property and the materials to build the house. Six thousand dollars. Which by today that's not a whole lot. I wonder I wonder what that translates into today's dollars. Yeah. But anyway. So in nineteen fifty, the average cost to buy a new home was seven thousand three hundred and forty five dollars. I know my grandparents paid off their home decades ago. Yeah. yeah, and you could have done it with an entry-level job. Yeah. yeah. Jump to 1980, the average home was $60,000 for yeah. a new home. And you got to look at the average wages, too. Yeah, which haven't Since like gone 1990, they haven't gone up really at all. No. From 1980 to 2016, I'm going to grab the number again so I can be more exact with it. Um, it makes a, a substantial jump. To the, as of March, let's go December 31st of uh, 2015, the average home cost was Mm $223,200 was the average cost to buy a new home in the U.S. Yep. God, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. And the average... That's Annual the, income is like twenty eight, and that's the average across the whole U.S. Thirty two, maybe. If you want to live in a major city or close right. to a major city, that number is going to be a lot fucking higher, right? And and double that for student loan debt when you yeah. come out too. Oh yeah, I'm, so you're going to have half a million dollars. People in New York are paying as much. People in New York and certain parts of California are paying more in rent for a thousand foot fucking apartment mm-hmm. than I'm paying for. The mortgage on my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my brother's apartment that he lived in in Chicago, I think he told me at the time, he, I think he was paying close to sixteen or $1,800 a month for his apartment. Yeah. And then when he bought his first home in Chicago, he's like, I got a fucking deal on this home. It's like, it was $350,000 and that was a steal. Yep. I was like- Yeah. Tracy's brother fuck. was out here for the holidays. He lives in California somewhere. I Sorry, I can't remember the name of the city, but he pays- more in rent for his 1200 square foot two bedroom apartment than we pay in our mortgage yeah. for our 4800 square foot home yeah it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. it's 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 insane he had and to get a roommate just so that they would be able to have a place to live yeah, yeah. and the fucking and, entitled kids and when you talk about the, the with the baby booners like reagan gave the largest tax uh, deductions for mm-hmm. corporate entities and everything. And that's yep. really where we spiral to now. And now Trump wants to cut that, what he had cut it in half. Now mm-hmm. he wants to cut what Reagan's was in half again. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to people about this, I'm like, okay, so you're pissed off about debt. You're pissed off about we've got all this interest and all this shit, but yet you want to put someone in office who's going to slash the um, part of our economy that gives 50% into taxes what they're paying in in half and then pay for all these new roads, pay for this wall, pay to deport all these immigrants, they pay don't care. to 
paid to make our military twice the size. Like, where the fuck is that money coming from? They don't from? care about any of that. Yeah. All they care about is not paying their own taxes and keeping yeah. Social Security. Yeah, that's all they care about. Because we're going to take twenty in in twenty five percent less tax. That's not even including tax deductions on us. Because I never did the math on what that would be for everybody else to have a tax deduction. And then you want to spend more. Yep. How the fuck does that make sense? Because the kids and grandkids are going to pay for it. They don't care. No, Reagan was the Reagan was the the one who really kicked off the idea of pushing the bills off until kids and grandkids. Uh, but you know, and he he's partially at fault for the for that half of the Tea Party movement. And Nixon really was the other Republican who came in that was sort of the first pro-war uh, Republican yeah. that where the rest of the Tea Party came from, that sort of thing. I mean, before that, Harry Truman was the one who first desegregated the military in 1944. He was he was I mean. More, more or less, but at least he started it. He started yeah. getting it going. Eisenhower was a Republican back then. Yeah. He cut the military budget and enacted the Highway Act, yeah. which put all the funding back into infrastructure. Which is these, where we got I eighty. These are Republicans b- before Nixon and before Reagan. Like honestly, when people say those are the well, Republicans of the Boomers' parents, yeah. the Boomers put in place Nixon, yeah. Reagan, and the first Boomer president we had was George W. Bush. Well, when we got. People who say, well, Lincoln was a Republican and this guy was a Republican. But he was a liberal. A, yeah. So I'm like, well, guess what? If that was still the Republican Party, I would probably be a Republican. Yeah. He if was they a, still but he was a acted like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy and I have been watching a show on Cinemax called Quarry. And I've been digging it quite a bit. It's set in <laughs> it's set in the late- Is that a pun intended there? <laughs> I've been digging it. <laughs> digging the quarry. But it's, it's set- Oh, well, that was, that was, that was double because it was like digging. It was, you know, slang back then. (laughs) I, I had to think about the digging quarry thing for a second. It was a rock solid joke. (laughs) But it's set in the late sixties, early seventies. And there, there are scenes in it where they're integrating schools Mm -hmm. and they're busing students of color to white neighborhoods to go to white schools and vice versa. And. The thought hit me that this happened during our parents' lifetimes. Yeah. Like yeah. my dad, her yep. mom, my yep. mom, mm-hmm. my this parents, shit happened yeah. during their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. That schools were segregated during their lifetimes when they were kids, when they were adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think the and and people we people like to say that we live in a post racial America, no. a post racial <laughs> world. It's not that far. They're not. It's they're not, not even that dead yet. No. Far gone. Yeah, they're, they're not even dead. They're, they, they're just starting to retire. It's like so many people think that it that when slavery ended, bigotry oh, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, racism yeah. ended, and that's not at all what fucking happened. It was three hundred years ago, man. Let it go. Which, and these whatever, people, yeah. these these baby boomers, have now voted in. The short-fingered, daughter-perving, Cheeto-colored, <laughs> vulgarian epitome of everything that is wrong with yep. the boomer generation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's people that are still alive exactly. that have grandparents who are probably members of the KKK during their heydays. But mm-hmm. the funny thing is, many of the boomers' parents were more sympathetic to uh, decent. I mean, not all, of course. They had they had their problems too, but but the boomers are the only generation to have it better than their parents and their kids. And and yeah. are not striving to make it better. No, for no, no, their no, kids. no. They want more and more and more. They're yeah. spoiled little tantruming brats. That's yeah. why I said they've severed age from maturity. 
and Donald Trump represents he's the all per- that yeah, is he's, wrong he's with exactly, that generation. Yeah. He, he is the boomer in one person. He's the personification of the baby boomers. Yeah. The personification, the walking personification of everything that is wrong with the boomers. Yeah. I mean, George W. Bush is pretty good at it, too, but but yeah. He just both, likes to drink too much. Who? Oh, he's Bush. He's <laughs> But he, bo- both of them, both of them are boomers. Well, but he did say in when he was doing his like, I'm leaving the office speeches. When he said, "Yeah, I've been sober for seven years," like, but you've been in office for eight. <laughs> <laughs> in that first year, you were in office. Were you drinking? When... Were you drinking in the, during the first year or the last year? Well, I'm curious. Like, well, because because he, he said he got sober during. He said because he got because he oh, was an alcoholic. Been I've okay. been sober for seven yeah. years. And I'm like, yeah, but that first year that you were in office is when that one year would have happened that you were still drinking, and that's when we went to war in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's when you're like, fuck it, hold my beer, let's go to Iraq. Yeah. Hmm. And the one thing I always hate is when people are always like, oh, you fucking millennials and all you kids, all you, you need to have a trophy for everything, and all this is like. Uh, that's why I said. That's why I said the trophy thing. Yeah. There, I'm like. We didn't ask for trophies. Yeah, guess who right. gave you them? You gave them to us. Yeah. <laughs> guess who gave it to him? I yep. never. I was never a kid and saw a kid whining that he didn't get a trophy. No, no. you handed him one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's that product is your fault. You know, that's, and it's a, it's another a problem. Another interesting thing too. So I I knew my grandmother a little bit before she died. Um, I was in my twenties, and she she was not a boomer. She, you know, she was born in 1916 and she was very different. Um, not at all racist at all. And she called the millennials, the button pushers. And it was kind of a cute thing Hmm. because one, there's, there's a little (laughs) bit of a sting in there about, you know, your kids and you're kind of annoying and you're, you know, but also you guys get technology so well. They, you know, you're always click clacking on the keys and, you know, so there's this kind of this little sting, the little thing, but it's cute, you know, and there's, and then there's also this understanding of, oh, they get technology and that's cool and all that. The boomers never picked up on, on the cute part of it. They called Gen X the slackers. And then they're like, yeah, right, mom, slackers. They didn't get that. No, you're not supposed to just be fucking mean to them. You know, there's just supposed to be an element. Understand yeah, it. there's supposed to be an element, and then like millennials, entitled, right? Don't I get it? Don't I get how to name generation? No, you don't. <laughs> You're fucking assholes. You don't get any of the cute part of it. It's because they have utter disdain for anybody who's not them. Yeah, just total, total Lack of spoiled, concern, consideration, total spoiled brats. Yeah, I think we're pretty badass though. Yeah, I mean, millennials are fine. What's what? It's... I, I don't even know what I'm classified as. You're a millennial, am I? Yeah. yeah. You both are. Yeah. I'm I'm a cusp. You both are. I'm a Gen Xer. I'm on the cusp, but a lot of it has to do with it's kind of fluid right now depending on how where you relate. See, cuz I thought there was supposed to be like the generation Y between X and That G- was the Gen Y was sort of a placeholder for millennials until the a name stuck. Oh. And so 82 to 2004 is millennial. That's a big fucking gap. Boomers are 46 to 64. Well, it's a generation is yeah. 18, 20 years. Yeah. yeah but... So I'm a millennial with a teenage millennial. <laughs> yeah, see? That's where I'm going with the gap. I'm like, you got to shorten that gap up because otherwise you'll you have- to shorten that gap up. <laughs> you got to shorten that gap up. Cause that's... Because <laughs> that's two generations in the same generation. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You can't have two generations in a generation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live in Utah. 
True. You can have five in a generation here. These happen all the time. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I'm aware of the distinction uh, between a state-sponsored immolation and a collision of violence involving citizens. If that's what you are trying to elucidate. I'm trying. I'm trying to determine that if the. I mean, in other words, a person who inflicts random cruelty or violence upon another in the street is not conducting a human sacrifice. He's expressing uh, the fact that we're an animal species with prefrontal lobes rather too small, of which is ample evidence, and adrenaline glands rather too big, evidence no less convincing. This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. No, the juries make the decision whether a person lives or dies. I mean, if the prosecutor has sought the death penalty, yes, that's the case. But I mean, a lot must happen before a jury gets that option. And as a matter of fact, uh, it might, might be of interest to you to know that in my country of birth, the United Kingdom, one of the reasons for the abolition of capital punishment, given pragmatically by the Lord Chancellor of the day, was that um, many juries were so horrified by the capital punishment system that they would not convict people who they thought to be guilty of murder. In other words, it's another example of the diminishing returns of this foul and arbitrary idea. I think to close out the show... Wait, I got more thoughts from the year... Oh, okay. Whoa. Okay. Let's hear them. There's not very many. Okay. I'll hurry and go through these. All right. These are just sticky notes that I've had all year long, so i got to get rid what of them. What makes them sticky? Uh, I come on them. <laughs> That's where I was going I with know it. it was. That's where I was going. <laughs> He's like, no pussyfooting around. I come on them. <laughs> uh, why am I liberal? Most basically, Republicans think everyone needs to be like them, while Democrats think people should be free to be themselves. Interestingly... A man named Martin McNeil, living in Pleasant Grove, was a murderer, maybe more than once, an adulterer, probably more than once, regular porn viewer, who cheated his way through law school, and yet was considered temple-worthy. Hmm. How did the bishop miss that? What the hell was the guiding spirit doing on that day? No power of discernment there. It's mm. almost like he was never there in the first place. The mm. spirit was guiding his death. Strange. Mm-hmm. Forget morality. The Bible is little more than an instruction book for managing a petting zoo. And it didn't even do a good job. <laughs> I, th I thought it was kind of funny. That's good. <laughs> Adam, Adam and Lilith. Oh, yeah. The first human couple. Set, a, set aside God's colossal failure of mismatching Earth's first parents because she wouldn't fully submit, including sexually. Which means that Adam was a divorced man when he met Eve. Oopsie. Uh-oh. Liberalism and atheism lead to social Darwinism. That makes him an adulterer, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Unless it was annulled by God. In the eyes most religious people. In the, in the eyes of the Bible. Yeah. The Bible. Liberalism and atheism lead to social Darwinism, says the libertarian who thinks the government needs to get out of the way so that only the strong will survive and the marker will sort everything out. <laughs> the more faith people appear to have think michelle bachman and ted cruz the less faith they actually display fundies say that america needs to repent for abortion and same-sex marriage and taking prayer out of schools or face god's wrath well how many failures do you need to see before he actually wraths us oh yeah where is the faith in this plan where's the faith that he can handle it let your God, do it. Well, yeah, they always say that we're on the brink of destruction. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen any time now. Can and we, that bothers me on two... I'm sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say, can we make a t-shirt that says, waiting for my wrathing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I think there's a podcast called Waiting for Wrath. Yes, Aww. there is. But that's um, Wrath, not Wrathing. Ah, I gotcha. But yeah, that that opinion bothers me on a couple levels because they say that it's going to happen any time now, displaying a lack of faith that their God is going to make everything okay. But then they also want that to happen yeah, anyway. So right. what the fuck are they complaining about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God's a dick. Why do Republicans complain about welfare? I mean, set aside that it's only 4 to 5% of the total federal budget, welfare allows the job creators to pay well below living wages and pass that responsibility off to taxpayers, who, by the way, aren't the job creators. Taxpayers. The taxpayers. <laughs> but it's free money. So which part are they objecting to? Ah, suddenly the fight against raising minimum wage makes sense. Gay marriage will lead to bestiality. But, of course, a major objection here is consent. But why should we expect fundies to accept this argument? They've shown repeatedly they don't value consent. We hear all the time about wives' duties in and out of the bedroom. And what about forcing women to bring rape babies to term? The consent issue fails with fundies because it only targets people who care. Speaking of wives' duties. Only people who care about consent. Hmm? I went back and listened to the podcast where you're talking to the lady on the telephone about your wife not doing her duties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, science, in a certain sense, is a tool for reining in the human imagination. This alone explains its conflict with religion and makes pseudoscience little more than humanities with graphs. Mm. Mm. Humanities with graphs, yeah. Skin graphs? Yeah. Thanks. I like all of those. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to have you back in the studio, man. Well, thank you. This will be a regular thing going forward for some time. Yeah, for a little bit. I still have some studying and testing. God, I'm going to fail this. Never mind. I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be here. But congratulations. Matt proudly displayed his official EMT license yeah. earlier today. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Thank you very much. That's pretty exciting shit, man. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. even get a card with mine. Did you not? Did you no. not ask him to mail one to you? No. Oh. Well, I did. No, that sucks to be you then, I'm going to go online and say, mail me that, bitches. <laughs> if you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. Real quick, to close out the evening, we wanted to give a congratulations and warm shout out to the Satan. The Satanic Temple. We want to, to give a hail Satan to the Satanic Temple to the taxpayers' Satanic Temper local chapter here. Uh, we've had the chapter head for the local uh, Satanic Temple mm-hmm. in the studio with us for an episode, Ms. Shalise Blythe. We wanted to give them a shout out and congratulations for today being the open house for their very first after school Satan club. Yay. In Taylorsville, Utah. Congratulations. And from all reports and accounts, it went very, very well. Yeah. A very, very big success. And there were a lot of parents and students excited to attend. So awesome. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Good job. I think that brings us to the close of tonight's show. Yeah, sadly, we got to leave you again for another week. But don't worry. We'll be back. We'll get the boogeyman out of the closet. 
Is this the new way we close the show? Like being all weird and <laughs> you wouldn't know. Creepy you haven't yeah. been here. Yeah. Creepy nursery been... rhymey style. Being being all Ryan at the end of the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know about our creepy pasta endings. <laughs> right. No, I just I again I want to thank you all for your support, for listening to the show, for liking us, for rating us. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who Sends us articles, things to review. Tamel sends us yeah. shit all the time that we get too busy to talk about a lot of the time, but I read and greatly appreciate him sen- him sending that stuff in. Taboo. Uh, I, I hear his name more on the two skeptical chaps <laughs> than, on the, than on this show anymore. Taboo. Yeah. Taboo. <laughs> Agent Taboo. <laughs> We've got more mail from Taboo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We do. I <laughs> also want to thank all of the guests that we've had on the show yeah. over the last couple of years, the people that have filled in for Matt while he was away. Yes. Thanks, George. <laughs> yes. George, George, you did a wonderful job. Thanks, George, Chris, Kyle, Grant. Yes, yes, yes. You've all been fantastic, yeah. and we are glad that you all are enjoying the show. And we hope to bring you a successful year of podcasts in the year of Trumpetum. Trumpetum. Yeah, we shall see. Will this be the last one released before he's sworn in, or next week's will, I believe? I think. Next week's, yeah. yeah. Today's we'll be in the just 11th. In time. No. This will be the last this one released. Be the last bef- one? Released. Before his, oh, yes. Before the inauguration. Yeah. Because we're going to record the next one two days or three days before the inauguration. Oh, God, but he, he won't have time to repeal the First Amendment completely before we get the next <laughs> one out. So. No, but he can open up hunting season on Atheist Podcast. What's a punting season? I hunting. Laugh, because if it's Wisconsin. Right. He can open up punting season. Oh, that's something in Great Britain. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for being here tonight also. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, oh, just thanks. love sitting down here talking to you guys for and having doing us. this shit. And so until next week, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye. Yeah, do something fun. George Linville sent it out again today. George Linville? Jeff. <laughs> I see a G, and I wanted to make a G sound, not G- a J. Oh, clearly it's George. I'm just going to jump right in there. It's a George. I feel like your mic's still a little hot. You know what? You can fuck yourself in the <laughs> ass. <laughs> I actually can't. But in a hey. few in a few more hey. years, it might be saggy enough. <laughs> Reach all the way back there. Shout out to George Linville, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm just going to call him George from now on. There, there's still episodes that I'm like, because you're like, you send messages and you're like, yeah, I've got the YouTube channel up. And I'm like, fuck. Because <laughs> I think about shit I've said and stuff that's going to be out there, and I'm like, God damn it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you never know what anything means that you say.